Welcome to another episode of Family Goals with David Pollock and Pastor Jay. Davey, how are you doing today? Doing wonderful, brother. Yeah. Just love I love hearing Pastor Jay. I just love hearing that. I love when you preached on a Sunday and I heard you refer to yourself as Pastor Jay. I took a lot of pride in that. Well, you're the one that gave gave me the name and I'm trying to I'm trying to get it going a little bit on Sunday since I've been I've been like You should just start doing some TikTok and stuff. We can get Pastor Jay rolling. You you Get all in, the, all in the social media world. Go ahead and get that going. Hey, Pastor Jay's on TikTok. Pastor Jay, baby. Pastor Jay is on TikTok. And uh, I am not. I, but, po- I posted a video a couple of weeks ago, and both the older kids are like, Dad, it's a little cringy. In fact, Jolan took the uh, controls from me, the Joel, passwords. Jolan, Jolan, is that true? Well, we started him out with the, the TikTok, and I made his first video. I set him up, got it on his phone, everything. And then he's like, well, do you want to manage it for me? And I'm like, no, no I, don't I don't. Ma- I don't want to manage it to talk. No. <laughs> and then he not. posted the super cringy video in the pool. And I texted him. I was like, give me control. I need it. Okay. So, so, but so would- you want to you hear a quick story about how my social media started and ended in the same day? Yeah, let's hear about okay. that. I'm not a big social media guy. Just not. I do Twitter. That's it. I don't do anything else. I, I think I have other platforms. I might, but I don't, don't do them. Um, Started on Facebook years ago. Opened an account. Started accepting friend requests and all that stuff. One of these, one of those people I know, put on the on their wall. Is it a wall? Is that right? Wall. Facebook. Yeah. Is it a wall? I'm not on Facebook. Yeah, whatever. They, they what posted. They posted a comment, and the comment said like was a, a love note to their husband. On your wall? No, no, no. On their wall. Oh, like their on wall. their page or whatever okay. that is. I don't know how this works, but <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> And I, I sent him a message and I was like, hey, why don't you tell that to him directly? And, like, and, she, and she sent me back and she said, hey, we're going through a lot right now. And I just wanted to let him know how much I cared about him. I was like, even more so why you should reach out to him individually and say that to him individually. And I told my wife about it. And she was like, okay, you probably. She was like, you're not going <laughs> to. You're going to lose all your friends. And, and, and by the way, I'm going to because like all the people that we know, I have a lot of really good friends and she'll show me posts just to be funny sometimes. And she knows what kind of react. I'm going to be like, oh my gosh. It's why I don't, I don't think I would hang out with most. I, I don't think I would have any friends. I and mean, I just probably wouldn't have any friends, which is fine. But, but you, are, you have social media. You have, you have Twitter and you Twitter have is, uh, Twitter is all on really, Instagram. I have Instagram, I think, but I'm not, I don't even know the login or anything like that. So. Now I'm not on I'm not on Twitter anymore. I had to had to get off of it in 2020 with all the craziness going on. And maybe I was following the wrong people, but it would always put me in a bad mood. By the way, that's important. If anybody puts anything negative, I just unfollow. Yeah. Like, I don't need any negativity in my life. Now, listen, the messages to me, I get plenty now, of negativity. Now, that's what I was about to bring up. I love how, how people... People will say something negative about you, and you'll just chime in and say, "Yeah, you're right. That guy's an idiot." There's no doubt. <laughs> I mean, I can I can relate. Like this guy, you're an idiot. What a horrible pick. I mean, I agree, no doubt. Like that's, people, it bothers you when people call you a homer, uh, a Georgia homer. No, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. There's not much. To, I have three feelings, and all of them have already been hurt. So, <laughs> like, here's the thing: in, in Georgia, fan, Georgia fans get pissed at me all the time. It, it got to blows at a Christmas party a couple years ago. One of my best buddies in the world, his wife was getting after me. You don't pick Georgia, blah, blah, blah. And my and Lindsay, my wife, is the most calm, cerebral person ever. Yeah. And she was getting a little ruffled. She was it, it was bothering her. And nothing bothers my wife ever. Like she's just chill. And I was like, babe, just just leave it alone. She's like, what do you want him to do? Do you want to just pick Georgia every single time? And uh she's like, Yeah, you should. Georgia got you a scholarship, gave you a scholarship and was the reason you were successful. 
And my wife was like, okay. And uh, so that, but here's the thing. If I pick George, I'm a homer. If I picked against George, I'm a traitor. So I'd rather be right. That's my philosophy. So you can call me a homer and I'll be right. And you can call me a hater and I'll be right. Pick Georgia to beat Clemson. They beat Clemson. Like I'm, I'd rather be right. I picked Alabama to beat Georgia the last couple of times. Alabama's beat Georgia. So. Well, and you, I mean, this is your livelihood too, I mean, this is what you're getting paid to do. And when I started my career, Lou Holtz was on television and Lou Holtz picked every team he coached at. He talked about South Carolina and South Carolina's going to win the game because of this, this, this. Every time he talked about it, I turned it off. Like when he picked, when Notre Dame came on, Notre Dame's the best team in the country. Like I turned it off. I mean, and I literally said to myself, if I'm going to do this, I'm not going to do it like that because nobody's going to listen to you. Whenever you talk about certain subjects, nobody's going to listen to you. You have no credibility. So it was a good learning lesson while I was starting up in the business. Which, by, by the way, I saw at University of Georgia here recently, you were, able, you were recognized for your induction into the College Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. So congratulations on that. Thank you. <laughs> Which, you know what was so impressive to me about that? What? You're getting inducted or you're getting recognized in the middle of a football game at the University of Georgia. And your wife, Lindsay, is not there. Nope. She is volunteering at our student ministry camp. And she had the opportunity to lead six girls, sixth grade girls to faith in Jesus Christ. Come on now. That's, that's what, what I'm talking about. Can I get an about. amen? That's Can what I'm I talking. get an amen? I had so many people, by the way. Th- that is incredible. It's incredible. That shows priorities. That it shows, shows priorities. It, it wasn't easy, though, because she... Uh, I mean, she just like, I want to be there. I want to be there. I feel like, and she's like, you wouldn't want to miss something like this for me. I was like, that, that's more important. What you're doing is more important. Um, but that's easy to say too, in, in my shoes. Um, but it made it, it made it, it made it all worth it in the end for sure. When, uh, but the videos from my friends that kept sending videos at the game and tagging me and her, and this is so awesome. I'm like, individually, I'm like, please stop. Like she, <laughs> she's, she's ticked already. Either. She's not in a good mood about this. Okay. She really wanted to be there. She felt like she let me down not being there. But, um, and then when six girls, I was like, you just had an effect on people for all eternity. I yeah. don't think it matters about a stupid, uh, not stupid, whatever, a hall of fame induction on the field that you will not remember. But those girls, specifically our you know our neighbor like she's Callie Mashburn that we live right next to so I was oh, like that's cool. a cool it's a cool thing you did man that's a lot more important that's that's incredible and I, and I know uh down the road some of those will get baptized and, and baptized. maybe Lindsay will have the opportunity to do that yeah she's I think five four or five I think soon real soon that's like, awesome yeah that is awesome it's really hot in here do we have AC or what Oof. good lord like right outside could be because I'm drinking coffee to the left. My yeah gosh or because you made me talk about the Hall of Fame thing. It's in, like it's in our ride right to there, have, have the temperature at a, at a cool 71 degrees. What, what do you like your temperature at? Uh, 78 usually, but I mean, at nighttime we turn it down. But I, I told Lindsay a long time ago, like, we, if you're going to build this big of a house, you're going to keep the thermostat <laughs> down, honey. I like it cool. Hey, so so we're, we're in part two of Lessons Learned from Sports. So give us a lesson. So we, before and so, we – well, we we ended last week. We kind of gave this teaser of quitters never win and winners never quit. But I remember you telling a story of you quitting wrestling in high school. And well, let's talk a little bit about how you was, got into wrestling and then what. And then I, th- I think one of the most important lessons we can teach kids is to face 
adversity is to face hard things and to not quit and teach them how to be resilient. Like resiliency is a, is a quality that all kids have to learn. And I was a sophomore in high school and my coach for football taught me into going out for wrestling and I hated every second of it, bro. Like they didn't have a, they didn't have a fat kid. So they needed a fat kid to wrestle. So I was the fat kid, you were the heavyweight. 275. I was like 230. Never wrestled in my life, went out, and I was like, after a week, I was like, this is not my thing. I don't like this. You this, had the outfit on, didn't you? The beautiful singlet outfit with an outline of your 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 stuff just hanging out the whole time. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, but I just didn't I didn't care for it at all. And my, I went to my parents. I'm like, dude, I, I, I don't want to do this. I want to quit. They're like, no, nah, once you start something, you got to finish it. So they they made me. They forced me to to face it. And And, and again, Life lesson, right? Like things are hard, things are tough. I didn't turn out love it to love wrestling. And my exact quote, and I don't know if we will have to edit this off the pod after I say it or not, but after the state championship match, I threw my bag in the front seat and I said, Mom, Dad, next time I wrestle half naked on a mat, it won't be with a boy. <laughs> That's what I did. Never wrestled again in my life. Can we get an amen to that? Too? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it wasn't my thing, but they taught me a valuable lesson, dude. You started it. You committed to your team. You committed to somebody like, go face it. And that, and that's like, I'm big on ownership mm -hmm. with my kids. I'm big on with my football team. I can't stand when I have kids on my team and they do it all the time because this is how their life works is just the other day. One of my kids, I, I said, what are you doing? You did the wrong thing, but and through his hands, no, there's no, but like, just say, Hey coach, I messed up. I'll fix it. Like in life, don't be the guy that says, but don't be the guy that says, well, it, it, it's because of this. No, just own it, wear it. Like I messed up. I'll do better. Like teaching them that with their teachers and all the, like all that stuff. And you're going to face so many situations where you have an opportunity to own everything that you own your mistakes. Because guess what? When you don't own your mistakes, what happens? You lie and you cover it up and guess it comes back around and it figures it out and we figure it out anyways. And then you're going to have to apologize for covering up your mistake that you would have just had to apologize to begin with. Now you got to apologize for lying. So I think it's an it's important step of sports. It's an important step of life. And again, that's what we're talking about, sports and, mm -hmm. and life merging together. Yeah, you'd mentioned one of the lessons we learned from sports is uh, facing adversity. And I was uh, texting you about, you know, congratulations on getting inducted in the Hall of Fame. And you know, I know you donated your poster or whatever, whatever that thing was, plaque. plaque to the University of Georgia, which is great. Um, but what you sent back to me was, uh, let me see if I can find it here. Got a new high-tech iPhone Attaboy. 10. Attaboy. Just upgraded big time, huh, Jolin? Let me upgrade you. So, uh, <laughs> How much that cost you? It's cost me 12 bucks a month. 12 bucks a month. <laughs> for Jeez. The, for the refurbished iPhone 10. That's exp I like Appar Apparently, there's an 11. There's an 11 already, too? Yeah. There's a 12. There's a 12. Joel's like, wait a minute. holding a 12. Is it a 12? I don't know. How do you know? Yeah. It's got the three cameras on the back. Three cameras or three little? It's three cameras? Yeah. Or is it three dots? I think it's three cameras. He would know. He's the camera guy. Anyway, you texted this back to me. It's a, it's a picture of you in your neck brace, and you'd written my reality 15 years ago today. Broken neck, but not broken spirit. We all have scars, physical ones you can see, and emotional ones you can't. And we all have a God that loves you just the way you are. Attack every day knowing that you matter and you are loved. So talk about facing adversity. 
I mean, oh. that was your that. I mean, I mean, that's kind of the defining moment in your life, really. Oh, hundred percent. And again, if mom and daddy didn't help me face those things as a kid, and in sports, and in life, and those struggles, I mean, you never know how how you respond. But you know, I, since I was six years old, my dream was to play in the NFL. That was always my dream, and I told anybody that would listen. And you know, I got a plenty of no's. And, and by the way, you got to be resilient to have a dream nowadays because there's plenty people of people. People love to poke holes in your dream. Don't people, they love to shoot you down. 100%. And listen, I, I, don't, I don't even think people mean it half the time. Like, I don't think they mean to be malicious. They're just like, oh, be realistic. You know, you're you're a kid in Gwinnett County of thousands of people that go to shallow. You're not going to the NFL. Every, that's everybody's dream. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. That's I'm, I'm going to go chase it. And I think it's important to I think it's important to always understand no matter what your goals and dreams are like God can do amazing things whether people agree with you or not like God has got the God has the power to do amazing things and he, and and I'm a testimony to that and um you know I I, I did I reached my goal I reached my dream I was a first round pick and life is great going into my second season and um you know one of my goals going into my second year was to to hit people hard so I played defensive end in college. And I played line in high school, played line in growing up. And I never, never learned how to tackle in space really. And back then you actually could hit people hard and you wanted to hit people hard. So my biggest goal was to come into the next season was to hit people and strike people and really like leave a mark, Mm -hmm. make, make sports center top 10 plays. And, um, I got one opportunity real quick out the gates in, uh, in 2000 and 2005 or six, 2006, and uh, Ruben Drones is a draw play, and he gets it, and he runs up the middle, and I try to hammer him, and I do, but lowered my head a little bit when I hit, and um, it was it was different because all the t- shots I've taken in the past, I've taken a lot harder hits, but it was a, definitely hit a spot that I've never hit. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I'm laying on the ground, and I I can't move my upper body at all, and I've had stingers and I've had scares, but you just think like in the middle of the night when you roll over and your arms are so asleep because you've laid on them and you can't move and it kind of trips you out. I mean, that's the feeling it was. And then, so you couldn't move your body. I couldn't move my upper body at all. And my legs were just kind of kicking uncontrollably. And then, um, they strapped me to the board and they moved me to the, uh, into the underneath the stadium and they give me the x-ray real quick. Cause they got the technology right there. So they cut my uniform off and cut my stuff off. And, um, doctor comes out and he says, you got a fractured C6. I was like, sweet. What's that? A couple weeks. He's like, no, that means you broke your neck. Mm. I was like, Ooh, can we stick to the fractured C6? Cause that sounds a lot better. Like broken neck, broken fractured neck. C6. Let's stick with that one. Uh, and I, and I just remember getting in the car or in the ambulance, me and my wife got in the back of the ambulance and I, and we were both crying and, uh, just thinking about a lifelong dream since I was five years old. And I knew in my heart and in my soul that there was a good chance that that was the last time I'd ever put on a uniform. And that's not easy to swallow. Like, cause I thought God made me to be a football player mm-hmm. the way I was, my energy, um, the way I love to compete. I love physicality. I love working out. Like I thought God created me for that realm. And I think he showed me over the next couple of years, like, that's not, that's not why I created you. That's not your purpose. That's not who you are. And it took refining my, it took, it, uh, the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. You know me now how crunk I am. So imagine me at 22, 23, like 
if I had an extra 10 minutes, I was going to run a mile. If I had an extra 30 minutes, we're going to get in the weight room. I mean, I, I just, I didn't get still. I didn't get mm -hmm. to hear, hear from God because I didn't slow down enough for God to talk to me. And so it was a time period where he said, stop, listen. And, and I got to do a lot of that. And I got to learn about a lot of things in my life of who was in my life, why they were in my life, what he had for me. And um, still to this day, I tell people all the time, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I'd never experienced that. And now getting older, guess what? Someday I had to hang the cleats up anyways. Mm -hmm. It was just a matter of when. And whatever your job is, someday that's going to come to an end. And God so. and God did bless you to play football, and he used foot he used football as an avenue to get you to where where he wanted you. One hundred percent, and to teach again to teach these lessons that we're talking mm -hmm. about. That's why we're sharing this. We're sharing this because of all the things that sport, how good sports can be for you, how good they can be to teaching you these lessons. And football to me is the hardest by far. Like football is miserable. I mean, it really is. Like nobody goes. It's 100 degrees outside today. I can't wait to put on 15 pounds of pads and beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> like, newsflash. It sucks. And if you play line, it really sucks because you can't even throw a ball around. Like, you just literally, hey, you come here, you come here, smash. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's a bigger message. It's a bigger, um, it's a bigger, it's a, it's a, bigger influence for these kids like so many team chaplains across the country so many team chaplains in uh, college that have such a profound impact like Ke Kevin Hines did for me at, at Georgia um, but it's just it's something that you learn by messing up and doing well and having highs and having lows just like people did back in the Bible days and just like everybody's going to do throughout their life well you had mentioned I think on a previous podcast about how sports creates adversity and I think sports is the ultimate reality TV or reality sport is because you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> like you weren't planning on breaking your neck. I mean, you were planning on being all, all pro or, yeah. or whatever the, the case may be. What, what would you say to somebody who is facing some major adversity right now? And maybe not even, maybe it's not sports. I mean, like my wife's uh, dad, Chuck, which you've met Chuck and you yep. spoke at his church and, you know, he found himself in a wheelchair earlier this year, and, and he's trying to recover and learn to walk again. And so he's he's facing a lot of adversity. We have, we have people who are battling cancer. We have people who have lost loved ones. What would Pastor Jay say to him? You know, every every day I, I talk to people who are going through difficult times. And my my number one message to them is to keep the faith. And you've got you've got two options. When things go wrong, you can run away from God. And I've seen people do that. People oh, yeah. get mad at God. They get angry at God and they, they run away from God or you can run to God. And, and that, that's my constant theme is to, is to keep the faith. And I, you know, this, this could be an opportunity for you to, to run, run away from God, but I want to encourage you to run to God. To well, I think the, the hardest part about that is I think for a lot of people now it is okay. I, I agree. I hear you, but how do I do that? I think that's the part that I had a lot of people come to me and say, man, Odell Thurman did drugs and got out. Of, he never played after his rookie year after being defensive rookie of the year. But, you know, he gave football away, but you got it taken away. Aren't, doesn't that make you mad? Doesn't that make you upset? No. Somebody buried their child today. Somebody got a 
terminal illness today, a diagnosis today, like whatever you're going through, somebody's got it a lot mm -hmm. worse. Yeah. It's, I, mean, I, I think it's, that's uh, an important perspective for people to understand. Like it, it's always, it always could be worse mm -hmm. and you're going to, no matter whether, whether you're the best person in the world or the worst person in the world, you're going to go through this stuff. You're going to go through experiences. So how do you grow closer? How, how do you find the right people to surround you with? Greystone Church is all about small groups. Like, how do you find those people, those churches that can pour into you, that can pour life into you? Like, be around positive people. You want to become more positive, find yourself some good positive people to hang around with. Yeah, and I think that's the answer to the question is, 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 is how do you do it? You run to people who have God in their life. They have the Holy Spirit. So, you, so when you're running to them, you're running to God. Yeah. You're not running to the group that's going to... And they can pick you yeah, up. They can pick you up. They, they can, can pick you up. You. Like in, in the Bible, I mean, the guy that was crippled that they're bringing to Jesus and the house is, the house is shut down. They're basically mm -hmm. going... They're, they're going to get in the house any way they can. Yeah. So what do they do? Cut a hole in the roof. Cut a hole in the roof. I love it, yeah. Like they cut a hole in the roof. To Like, do you have people in your life like that that they're going to get... They're going to get you to Jesus no matter what. Whatever it takes. Whatever it yeah. takes. And, and I think you you got to have people in your corner that's positive, that's whatever it takes. Like, today is a new day. And, and, and this is, you know, out of breaking my neck, born every day counts for me. And it's a challenge we do every year. But more importantly, it's a mindset that every day I wake up, I have a choice. I can choose... You, you can always find something. I've said this a million times, but and people are probably sick of it, but you're always going to have something that comes up every single day that you choose to empower and say, I can let this ruin my day. And I tell this to my football team all the time. Like, your girlfriend broke up with you. You didn't do good in a math class. Somebody's made a comment about your hair. Like, you always have an opportunity to take that and go, man, my day's ruined, blah, blah, blah. What do I want to be? Like, what, what, what do I do? This is the worst day in the history of the world. Or you can take everything in stride and be like, dude, I'm going to have a good day no matter what. And I ask my kids all the time, who can ruin your day? Nobody. That's exactly what they yeah. say to me. Because nobody has the power to ruin your day. Yeah. Unless you give it to them. I'm giving the power to ruin your I, day, bro. I, lo I love that uh, every day counts. And we're going we're gonna to wrap up. We're going to wrap up this podcast but I want to encourage everyone out there, if you are going through a difficult time, to, to run to God, to find some Christian friends that you can run to who are going to encourage you, who are going to support you, who, who are going to lift you up. So we appreciate you guys watching. Appreciate you guys listening to us to another, for another episode of Family Goals with David Pollock and Pastor Jay. Yee! <laughs>